Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Was I supposed to say that? Yeah. Or was I supposed to act that out? Hello and welcome to the China Shop. Step right in. Come one, come all. I'm Shopkeeper Dan and with me as always is George, creator of TradeProAcademy.com. How are you doing today, George? Hey, Dan. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on. This is an honor and a pleasure and I'm going to make Kyle regret the decision to let me (laughs) co-host. And uh, yeah, I love your guys' intro, by the way. I I don't know anybody named Kyle. Um, uh, this is a great bit that George does all the time uh, that he's just guesting. Uh, so, so glad to be here. Come on in the shop with us today, folks. Sit back, relax, hedge against the rage machine. We'd love to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way in a complete set of fine china, sharing our ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut losses. And if you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, this probably isn't the best place to start, but we do have you covered. We've got, you can go check out our knowledge center on financialineptitude.com or give any of our beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll, we'll have all those links in the episode description. But uh, uh, really, we think the best place to be is uh, on our Discord server. We're, we're on there every day. It's just a really awesome place to be, uh, sharing, sharing our charts and our tips and talking the news. And, uh, and when you do sign up, make sure. Send us a private message with your mailing address. We can send you a smash-it-yourself mug or shot glass straight from the shop. We're just so glad you're here. We always have a lot of fun. It's always better with friends. So, George, you got any show news for us? Um, uh, I lost my virginity. Oh, <laughs> Congratulations. I'm sure it didn't come cheap. <laughs> uh, I had to withdraw from my trading account for the first time. <laughs> You know what? I have no no special news. I think this is a great time to be on the show because I know that uh, a little bit later on, we're going to be talking about some of our challenges and I am coming off a pretty challenging week. Yeah. So I think it's always good to talk about it and share it with people. So yeah, I mean, other than that, I get that's news, I guess. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we do have the month in review episode coming up uh, this week. It's the end of August. We'll be doing a a recap uh, on on all of uh, on all of the whole month of August. Yeah, exciting stuff. Way to describe that, Dan. We also we we just recorded a guest episode with uh, the guys from the Ba Cast B H H Cast. Uh, that was really fun. Some amateur investor guys, retail following hot meme stocks. Good times, good talks. They are hilarious. Uh, we've got an interview with Shahar Abrams on September fifteenth, and uh, Doctor Adams, the CEO of VentraPoint Diagnostics, is. We're, we're scheduling a time with him, but he has confirmed he's going to come on the show. They are a very exciting small cap company. They do uh, heart imaging, like live in the moment heart imaging. Wow. We're going to get to talk to the CEO of that that company. So we're all really stoked about that. They must be busy these days. Yeah. Yeah, with the, with the heart imaging stuff. Um, but yeah, you guys, uh, you, that's an awesome lineup. I, can I just give a quick kudos here? I think this is yeah. 
probably the the best time spot. I think what you guys are doing with uh, Kyle on this podcast is fantastic. I really love it. I, I love everything from the name to what you guys do. Like this is, <laughs> if you guys are listening to the show. It's you know be thankful for it because you don't see a lot of honesty in this industry and what you guys are doing. Yeah. Just like having fun with it, being real. This is gold. So if you're a listener, <laughs> hey, you know like. You found the right spot. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I, I've certainly lo- uh, spent a lot of money for this show. That's for sure. I've, I've handed a lot of money over to more successful traders just for uh, your entertainment. And worth every penny. <laughs> it's just a loan, Dan. You're going to get all that back and more, man. And, and that's my personal show news is I have put in notice at my nine to five because I'm ready to trade full time. Uh, and I'm really, really excited about it. Yay. Freedom Day! Congrats, Dan. I should have I should have put together a tune for that, but uh, I I did not. I did not. Uh, <laughs> That's like such big news that there's almost no tune worthy of of that. You know, it's like it's a silence. Moment. Yeah, yeah. Let's all take a moment of silence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's always good. Uh, good. <laughs> good broadcasting tip. A moment of silence. We uh, <laughs> we actually did get a a voicemail. Hi guys. Uh, Kyle, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I was calling to, to give a quick shout-out to George. Uh, you know, don't fuck up my best pick, and don't do too good, because I'd like to still have a job when I get back. <laughs> Take care, boys. <laughs> well, Kyle, long-time listener, I'm, I'm disappointed you didn't leave us your address to send you a shot glass. So if you're listening, Kyle, reach out to George, give him your address, we'll get you a mug or a shot glass straight from the shop. Yeah, Kyle, your severance pay is in the mail for the show. It's over, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I love the possible target he gave me. He's like, you know, don't screw it up, but don't do too good. It's like, <laughs> come on, Kyle. Like, we're, <laughs> I live on the extremes. You're not giving me an option here. <laughs> Br- break even, George. Break even. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> perfectly sideways for the week that's what we look for here oh yeah yeah good stuff good stuff all right folks we have a delirious delightful delicious dare i say show for you today lots of market moving news plenty of stocks on the radar and more options than oh i didn't think of a good one more options than a one-legged cowboy buying blue jeans <laughs> yeah, see, I can recycle some old ones because you haven't heard them. No way you didn't write that. I, oh, I, I wrote that. I, it was an old one I recycled for you because uh, I didn't write a new uh, list. It's great. I had to think about it for a second before I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Get anyone you want. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and as always, reach out to us, folks. We love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook, on Discord. Uh, if you're old school, you can send us an email to the number two bulls at financialneptitude.com. Or uh, we always love a good phone call to 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you've got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you and a friend have duped some old orange futures traders into taking the opposite position and made them really poor old men. It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. <laughs> That one, that one was for you, George. I just, I just watched the the lesson where you showed a clip from Trading Places. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Corner of the OJ futures market. Now the yeah. phone line's going to blow up with that invitation there, Dan. <laughs> well, we we got a call last week, so and the week before, so we're doing all right. Doing all right. This is great. Are you doing it like live on the show for call-ins? No, no, no. I have that number for people to call and leave a message. <laughs> 
That is epic. I love that level of interaction. Going back to the beginning thing that I said of you're yeah. at the right place listening to the right podcast. <laughs> that solidifies it. That's a stamp right there. <laughs> I, I I always love being able to put somebody's voice on on the the podcast. That's what's cool about this industry is is that like you don't really get a lot of people's phone numbers. Right, everything's so online, and you can't really interact with everyone. Mm-hmm. We open up a phone line for support, and we would get a lot of calls, or people would just say, "Hey, just wanted to talk to somebody." And I was like, "Cool, hey, you know, what's your favorite color?" <laughs> but that's amazing that, like, you know, you guys are doing that. The, the industry is very closed off to inbound, like, voice conversation. I found not many people have an outlet like that, so this is cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, thank you. I'm gonna, thank you. Call it up sometime. I'm going to call in. <laughs> sure. When I'm short, I'm going to call in with some disastrous news so I can make some money. Right. Use this to my advantage. <laughs> I, I'm I'm long on BlackBerry, and I did find myself uh, yesterday texting with a friend that invests, and I was like, "Well, you should buy some BlackBerry." And then I stopped and I thought, "I'm like, well, I'm saying that because if you buy BlackBerry, it'll help it go up, and it will be to my benefit because I already own BlackBerry." But you should buy some BlackBerry. <laughs> yeah. Help me help myself by buying some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It made me laugh when I realized that's what I was doing. But I was also, you know, genuinely. Uh, we'll we'll get to that in the news. But uh, you know, as you know from our bet. Oh, it's time to talk about our bet. The uh, the the month of August ended. I mean, I guess we got three days, but we usually will end it on the weekend for the sake of the show. The random picked VOD, which. Opened at sixteen ninety four, closed at seventeen twenty three. Uh, not enough to get over Kyle, who shorted Marriott, but he had a hundred at a hundred thirty two dollars thirty cents stop loss at one thirty three, which triggered, but he only lost uh, a couple dollars, and he wins the month. I guess that means uh, you get to give me the bet consequences, George. So make them light, make them easy breezy. Oh, I get to do the bet consequences. No, no, that's that, that's not fair to Kyle. Um, <laughs> it would be funny, though. Don't take away his joy and pleasure. <laughs> yeah, he, he's yelling right now as he listens to this uh, once it's aired. He's like, what? No, those are my consequences to give. And we, Dan knows we give them on the month in review show. Um, <laughs> that's true. Um, but yeah, so stay tuned to that show, folks. I'm sure Kyle has some dastardly things in mind for me to do. In September. I heard that's why he took the, the day off of podcasting. He's thinking of the consequences. He's got a oh, whiteboard God. somewhere thinking of some evil, evil things. You know, he probably is, that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's visiting his dad. They're probably scheming together. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so stay tuned to the end of the episode. We will be making some uh, bet picks, and that will be fun for George because he will be b- making uh, a bet pick here with us in the shop. <laughs> anyway, wow. I think it's time to move on to talk about some news. Oh, there's a lot to talk about. Uh-huh. Well, we all know why we're listening today. The sharpest person with the week to replay. So sit back, we got some market affairs. Get some stories from the bulls and the bears. Clowns running company. Laws <laughs> change overnight. Here we are. It's time for China Shop News. Yeah, now it's time for China Beautiful. Shop News. All right. As you can tell, we like classic rock here in the shop. Very well done, Dan. Oh, thank you. 
Thank you. Uh, all right. So, uh, George, I believe there was a big, big thing that happened this week. The Fed Chairman Powell, uh, something about his Jackson Hole. Uh, <laughs> I never heard of that. Wait, what? <laughs> Who's no? I'm sure. Yeah, that was massive. I mean, the markets were like waiting for this event all week, right? There was not much volatility. Things were quiet for the first time in a long time. The market did nothing, and I think people were panicking. Right, because we're used to a lot of movement, but um, it was a very highly anticipated event. Dan, I guess we should should we talk about it? Absolutely, that's what the news is for. JP at the J Hole is how I kind of call it <laughs> at Trade Pro, and Jerome Powell. This Jackson Hole thing actually happens in person, so this is the second year in a row it happened um, virtually. It's a virtual conference due to COVID, and it was it was sort of they dialed in. Um, which was interesting, but that's not really the big news. There was a lot of expectation that was baked into the market for Jerome Powell to announce a tapering schedule. Mm -hmm. And now what tapering basically is, is the Fed's way of removing liquidity for the market, which means tighter liquidity, tighter conditions for money, more uh, fear in the, in the marketplace. So there was a lot of expectation for him to taper or to announce a schedule for tapering. I think that's what was kind of worrying the market, why it was such an important event. Mm -hmm. But when he came due to it and he started talking at 10 a.m., did say something that threw me off completely. And I ended up shorting and making a little bit of money on the downside. But then it kept going up afterwards. So he said th these three words. He said in his view that substantial further progress has been met for his inflation goals and progress towards maximum employment, which would mean, you know, substantial further uh, progress from a Federal Reserve chair is a very committal form of language. Yeah. They usually say it might, maybe, probably not, you know, so th that statement there tells you that they're getting close to needing or getting the reasons that they need to start tightening their uh, the liquidity and unwinding their portfolio. So that kind of was the initial reaction to the downside. You guys remember when it first came out, the news, the market sold off for a little bit and pretty hard. Yeah. And then reverse course, it kept going up. Yeah. And I think that's what it was, Dan. He caught people a little bit off guard. But then as he continued to talk, uh, he said that, you know, substantial further progress was made. And then these are the words that caused the reverse and turn around back to the upside. But he said, for now, the policy is well positioned, meaning that what we have going at the moment is good where we are. Therefore, he's not going to announce a taper schedule. He's not going to commit to any pulling back of stimulus mm -hmm. at this meeting. And that's where it opened up the floodgates for people to buy. It's like, look, we're making progress. It's been made, but we're not changing the policy here today. And as soon as that came out, the market ripped the new all-time highs. Yeah. No, I watched. <laughs> Yeah, yep, yep. And uh, we were day trading it. So obviously there was some money to the downside. But then, you know, I, I kind of traded it bad then. I actually had a negative day on Friday and decided to not keep going. I was like, oh, you know, I, I anchored to substantial further progress and I shorted it, made some money on the short, went up, shorted again, got stopped. That when I did a third short, and then I'm like, look, at least I was smart enough to recognize, look, I'm, I'm fighting this thing. And if I'm fighting it, is there a good reason? No. <laughs> So I just backed off the trade and took the loss and finished the day. I'm like, like I'm not in a position to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm right. The market's wrong. Yeah. That's always cost me money. That frame of reference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Like, the experience comes in where you look at it and then you start, you start catching those moments. It's okay to have a losing day. I don't think having a losing day is a bad thing for any trader. They happen those losing days, but it's not okay to keep doing a stupid thing over and over and over when it's not working. And so after three shorts, one paid, two didn't. I was like, okay, th like this is it. I'm, I'm done. I don't. I clearly don't want to get long because I keep shorting. Yeah. But just because I don't want to get long doesn't mean I have to be short either. And so I just called it a day. 
Call it a day. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a good decision. Would have lost a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> so you th- you think that uh, they're just kicking the can down the road, like the the tapering is going to happen? It's just not yet? Is that, that's that's the takeaway from the Jackson Hole? Yeah, exactly. They're setting the, the meeting up for November. That's the next one that's going to be super important. Um, and that's like it, reading it, what these, you got to remember the Fed is a, is members who vote on it and Jerome Powell's like the chair of it, but the decision process isn't just his own. It's all the, the voting members go in, they meet, and you have to kind of follow what they're saying as well, the voting members. And a lot of the voters are ready for tapering. It's just, I don't think they're going to do it at Jackson Hole. I think they're going to do it at their own Fed event. So it is coming. And I think what this sets up here, Dan, is a super big importance for the next non-farm payrolls event um, and, and the next inflation data point. Like The market will now be super fixated on inflation. And inflation comes in higher or the jobs market blows out and has a really good report uh, for the month of August, which, hey, that's coming up next Friday. Right, that on the third yeah. of September, it could be one of those things where it's a really good news event, but stocks go down on it because it's like, okay, crap, they are going to taper. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's setting up a very interesting dynamic here into into next week, the next couple of weeks before that next Fed uh, meeting. Okay, well, I, as as longtime listeners know, I've been watching the inflation data and and saying over and over and over again, this this is going to catch up with us. There's there's no way we can dodge the impact of the COVID inflation. I, I don't I don't think it's possible. I'm with you 100. percent You know, just because you're not acknowledging it doesn't mean it's not happening. I think with inflation, it's like people are saying, oh, there's not there's not inflation. It's like, well, what are you looking at, right? Like the numbers are there. And you see, you know, you see inflation being hidden in very creative ways, like toilet paper manufacturers, paper towel manufacturers, decreasing the number of of sheets in their rolls, for example. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you count your toilet paper squares when you use them. I don't. Uh, (laughs) I do a three square maximum each wipe. (laughs) Oh, that's not what you meant in counting. Wow. Okay. 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 That's so wasteful. Three squares uh, per wipe. That's yeah. Uh, I'm a filthy American. What are you going to do? SPW. We have a ratio square per wipe. Um, but <laughs> you know <laughs> these creative ways of masking inflation. It, it it doesn't mean it's not happening. And I can tell you factually that on the institutional side, on the big portfolio manager side, this is one of the big worries. Still, is this increasing inflationary environment. And even though it's being shrugged off and it's being hidden in the, in the manufacturing process, it doesn't mean it's not there. And it doesn't mean that the big money isn't worried about it. It's just, it's not a problem for right now. It's coming down the road. So right now it doesn't justify getting rid of your whole position, shorting everything. It's just the can, you said it very well, the can just getting kicked down the road here. And it's going to be interesting next couple mm-hmm. months, especially if we have a lockdown. Oh yeah. Sorry, Dan. Yeah. Another lockdown is going to throw everything sideways for sure. Everything's going to get weird. Um, But I think we're really seeing the place that they can't hide uh, the inflation is uh, the real estate market. The price of housing has just gone through the roof. And we had a guy on here, uh, uh, Dr. Hans, uh, and he was really big on the, the macroeconomic stuff. And he described it as like, no one's asking why real estate prices are going up so much because they want to keep the party going. Exactly. And look at look at what's happened in real estate. Like BlackRock has acquired so much real estate. It's like this is one of the biggest transfers of wealth from the everyday person to 
to, to corporate entities is is real estate, and people don't realize that. Like from 2009, the housing bubble, we people have lost home ownership. Home ownership rates are going down. Yeah. Right. Number one, it's unaffordable. Number two, it's starting to transfer from the, the people, the everyday person, to balance sheet and corporations. And um, you know, and the other thing driving this is the free money. Like people don't realize that the Fed hasn't gotten out of providing stimulus. Like this is a twelve year party where the punch bowl keeps getting filled up over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Wait until people have to drive home from this party. There's going to be accidents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a great analogy. <laughs> oh, that's a great analogy. Well, uh, moving on to, to, I don't know if you've got any other big stories, but the one I was really itching to talking about uh, was one that came out yesterday. I read it on thehackernews.com. Uh, it looks like Microsoft and Google have announced a $30 billion investment in cybersecurity over the next five years. I didn't hear that. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're just two of the big ones. Um, uh, Apple is looking working with more than nine thousand of its suppliers to push for mass adoption of multi-factor authentication. IBM's training one hundred fifty thousand people in cybersecurity. Amazon is making their Amazon Web Services uh, account holders get multi-factor authentication. It's just it's yeah we we saw this huge huge push. Uh, yeah, and they're partnering with the U.S. government to address like all the cybersecurity threats facing us. It, this this was all announced at a White House cybersecurity meeting, which had all these execs there. And I read this and I got so excited because I don't know if you're aware of this, George, up in Canada, there's a little company called BlackBerry that I myself have <laughs> many options calls on and they may have pivoted to cybersecurity and they are very well positioned now that uh, we're getting $30 billion fresh dollars in the industry. Yeah, I love that BlackBerry got rid of their hardware operations. Like that's That wasn't their strength, let's be honest. Yeah. But their their infrastructure, the, the things that they still own on their balance sheet is, is a huge opportunity. And, you know, like this whole cyber uh, security push leaves a lot of opportunity to buy the smaller companies that are contractors. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, like Apple, yeah, they'll develop some of it, but they're probably going to acquire companies and technologies to, to make this push even faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, this is something I was following when those oil pipelines got hacked, remember? And they asked for uh, a bounty in Bitcoin and they actually received it. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, wow, once somebody starts paying off those bounties like that or those, you know, asks from hackers, it just yeah. invites more hacking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. This, this is a way to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Give me that, some of that untraceable Bitcoin. Uh, though I, I feel like that's going away, but we'll, so I started to learn how to hack. You should, you should. It's, it's, a, you know what the crazy thing was is, you know, Kyle and I did computer science back in school and we were, we were learning programming and I looked into hacking and it's really just con artistry. It's, there's no, yeah. there's no like, oh, he knows code and he can write a program to, to crack open. Well, yeah, some people do that. But 99% of what we call hacking is somebody tricking another human being into giving them a password. Yeah, it's like, here, open this picture that's a .exe file, and then I'm going to open your CD-ROM drive. Like, is that really hacking? Like, yeah, you know right. what's funny? I was, uh, I was in comp side too. In, in high school, I was really interested in it. I did some competitions as well for programming. Oh, nice. Uh, to represent our school. And I, I really wanted a career in coding. Uh, I was really interested in it, and particularly in hacking. This is a very little well-known fact, actually, or very little known fact. Uh, my name was Daedalus back in the day. That was my hacker oh, oh, uh, nice. moniker. And what I wanted to do was to actually be a white hat hacker. Yeah, yeah. It, there's like a system, the 
the black hats like you're out there being destructive gray hats like hey you'll do whatever serves you and then the white hat white hat is like i'm going to get in your system and then present that to you and say hey this is a vulnerability pay me i'll help you fix it but you know i have add and sitting at a computer all day wasn't really the best choice for me but here i am sitting at a computer all day anyways i guess (laughs) (laughs) right but but it's watching something that uh, pulls you away from your add and demands your attention so i think it works for you Exactly, for sure. And these companies, Dan, they have there's so much vulnerability. We assume that a company like Apple is so like airtight security. Let me tell you something. The bigger the system gets, the more complex, the more backdoors that you can exploit. So Oh yeah. I think for the future, these smaller cybersecurity firms that could get acquired are like really decent plays. I don't have any off the top of my mind symbols, but I think this warrants the start of the research in the sector. Um, maybe I should do a quick search and see if there's any cybersecurity ETFs. That's usually what what I like to uh, to push when I think an industry is going up. There definitely are. You know what the play would be? Get long the ETF. Again, this is not financial advice. Yeah, yeah. Do you really want to go to the court of law and tell your people you're suing <laughs> a company called financial ineptitude? <laughs> really? Exactly, so, exactly. Like, Long the ETF and then find a few of the riskier ones as well that didn't make it into the ETF to kind of have exposure to the industry. And then a little of those, like put some play money into the names that have, you know, that aren't really liked as much that are more risky because those are the ones that generate the return. So the ETFs for cybersecurity are, this, the stock symbols are H-A-C-K, hack. That's uh, C-I-B-R, I'm assuming for cyber. B-U-G, <laughs> fixing bugs. And I-H-A-K. Yeah. Wow, these are very creative names. Yeah, right? we got some great... T- so yeah, there's four cybersecurity ETFs you could take a look at. Might be good for your long-term portfolio. Definitely a growth industry. Oh, yeah. And later, I'm, I'm going to look at some huge. of those later and see if, uh, see if any of them have BlackBerry. You know, that would be interesting to see which ones have exposure to... Look at the, um, the breakdown. What are their top 10 holdings? Mm-hmm. Is... Those are probably the companies that, that they believe in the most. See, like with ETFs, the cool thing is you don't have to do as much research. You don't have to like look through all the balance sheets and do this financial analysis yourself. Yeah. Find out what the ETFs are buying. Get a short list, research those companies. Yeah. Yeah. That's what one of the things I was trying when I was playing around with pot stocks was I was like, all right, which companies are in every ETF? Those are the ones that, uh, that I want in my portfolio. Absolutely. What are the top 10 holdings of Hack? Let me have a look at it here on ETF.com. Top 10 holdings, ETF, MG, Cloudflare. That, I know that's a big one. Cisco Systems, mm-hmm. Fortinet, uh, Splunk. That's a... Geez, <laughs> that, <laughs> I Splunked. You know, I thought we had a that, clever name for a business with financial ineptitude, but we could have <laughs> called it Splunk. Missed opportunity there, Dan. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Really kicking myself. <laughs> You're splunking yourself over this. Yeah, really splunking myself right now, George. Really splunking myself. I'm splunked about this. <laughs> but yeah, hey, that, that company is 2.86% of the holdings of Hack ETF, so hey, somebody hey. splunked into it. Yeah, right? <laughs> Good stuff. Okay. All right. Well, folks, we've uh, talked, to, uh, talked your ear off about some news. Let's uh, Let's take a moment to... Talk about the lovely Sue Pullen. But wait, there's more. Some loans are just a big mistake in up over your head. Drowning in those rates and fees. Some 
or left unsaid This is the right kind of letter To find the thing that fits your needs And you just have to call her Cause you know that she was born to be She's a plum maker, dream banker Dead saver, won't you call her up and see She's a plum maker, dream banker Dead saver, won't you call her up oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Two Bulls in a China Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She's got over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, even reverse mortgages, Sue will help. She's licensed in 27 states, so reach out and see what Sue can do for you. Best way to reach her is to just give her a call, 520-977-7904, or you can send her an email at S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. That's S-Pullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. That email again is S-Pullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. See what Sue could do for you. Love it. Love the song too. That's fantastic. That's brand new. Uh, Made that just for her. I hope she enjoys it. Um, I'm going to get a better recording with some real guitar and uh, and get, wrap that up for her real nice. We love you, Sue. You, sir, are a creative genius. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I certainly like to have fun with music. And then uh, I'd also like to take a moment and talk about how Two Bulls in a China Shop is a proud affiliate of the Trade Pro Academy. I don't know if you're aware of this, George, but TradePro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced retail traders, independent traders. Whatever traders you're out there, you can get great knowledge from them. That You learn, learn to trade just like the big institutions. They got a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders, and there's no better place that we've found to learn all you need to know to be successful. You can find them online at tradeproacademy.com or just use our affiliate link in the episode description. It's a great way to support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. Love those guys. I hear they do good work. Yeah, they're all right. They're all right. I mean, yeah, yeah. decent. I haven't found better, so, you know, I'll stick with them. Why, thank you. <laughs> but the moment I find somebody better, yeah. <laughs> Gone. Hey, man, there's no loyalty in this business. Yeah, I'm okay none, with it. <laughs> none. Oh, no, you guys, you guys are the best. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Oh yeah, you got it. All right, let's uh, let's move on and talk about this week's crazy, crazy investing. That's right. You say you want a ticker that wins. The bell just rung. It's time to get in. Ups drive us wild. Drops drive us crazy. So let's uh, let's talk about. I know you you mentioned specifically you had a bad Friday. I I did some trading this week. I've been light on the trading on the show for the last couple of weeks because I I, I kind of locked into some positions and ran out of powder and was just waiting. But I did 
managed to move out of some of my BlackBerry calls uh, at, a, at a profit. I sold some of my $11 calls that I bought for an average of like 94 cents. And I sold them. I shrunk my position when they hit a uh, dollar five or a dollar. I didn't. I don't have my notes right right here with me. I'm away from the desk, but uh, and then I also managed to really uh, repeat a mistake, and I'm really kicking myself. And I know it was the gambler in me. I was like weekly AMC calls, and then they started going down, and I'm like more weekly AMC calls, and they kept going down. I'm like, <laughs> look how cheap these AMC calls are, and they expired at the end of the week, worthless. So. <laughs> this is a bargain. <laughs> oh, it keeps going uh, down even cheaper. I can get more now. Yeah. That's good. Hey, it happened. Yeah. And Friday, I managed to sell them all for a, uh, a penny. And they were like $5 out of the money with a half an hour till the close. And I was like, I, these people are crazy. If you want to, if you'll take anything for these, I'll take it. Yeah. One. <laughs> Uh, did you get more than the commission? Ameritrade actually doesn't charge commissions if they're under five cents. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Great. It's a great deal. Get your penny back. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, I'd rather have a dollar than nothing for each of these calls. So here we are. Why not? Exactly. Why not? Yeah. I really should have sold them in the morning. Uh, but I was doing the gambler thing. Like you never know what can happen. I've seen AMC shoot up 30% in a day, but well, yeah, that day was not Friday. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's okay. It's, it's a learning lesson, right? And, um, that's the problem with some of these stocks. They move so much that the hope level could increase sizably as well. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I have to get it all out of my system because once I'm not doing the nine to five, I've got my trade bro hat on and I can't do anything like that because that's breaking so many rules. <laughs> yeah. You're breaking more rules than there are to follow. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm written rules that no one's heard of yet. I'm breaking them. You're making and breaking them, which is a creative <laughs> approach for sure. <laughs> Uh, I didn't have a much better week. Here I am giving you shit, but like I didn't do great uh, myself. I can, I can share. Yeah, it's your turn to share. Man, this was a rough week. So um, I don't often talk about numbers like this precisely, but for some reason, this feels like a trusting, like, safe space. I'm gonna do mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it then. Like in the summertime, I don't do as well. I'm a volatility trader, so when markets are moving, good day for George. Markets aren't moving, eh, tough day for George. Mm -hmm. And I, um, it probably the last six weeks, five weeks or so, I, I did pretty good in the summer markets, 55K or so. Nice. And this week alone, I burned out 30 of it. So, Ooh. uh, <laughs> ouch. Okay. Well, yeah, it was, it was stupid. I think we need to be talked about. So I feel this is going to be a little bit of therapy for me as well. On Monday is when some of that trouble happened. You, like, here's the thing. I've been doing this for so long that when I'm about to have a disastrous day, I know it. Like, I feel it. Like, if you look at some of, um, I mean, Shameless Plug, mm -hmm. one of the podcasts I just recorded on ours talks about this, like metrics that you could use in your trading that tell you a disaster is coming before it happens. Oh, wow. And yeah, I look at these metrics and one of those metrics, look, everybody likes a win rate. I win 90% of my trades. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. How much risk do you take per trade? What is the RR, risk to reward, right? It's like... Mm -hmm. It, just going deep into your performance because those numbers tell you where you're getting away with things you shouldn't be. And so leading up to, you know, doing over the 50,000 there in just a six week period in a slow market condition, part of the reason I got that um, high in a slow market is because I was sizing up, right? I usually trade eight to 10 
contracts in the summer. I have rules that in summer markets, I actually change my entire trading strategy. I change the size, I change the risk I'm taking because if there's not as much opportunity, I shouldn't be taking that much risk. Oh yeah. So what I was doing is I was increasing my size, trying to compensate for it. For some reason, I got anchored into the money and not the process. And every time I think about making money while I trade, I lose it. When I'm just thinking about, hey, let me just follow what the chart is saying. Forget the money. The money comes. Let me just look at the chart. That's the leading indicator. It's not your profit. I do well. But what happened is, Dan, I kind of started to, um, had some really good weeks in slow conditions, but I was sizing up for it. I was putting on some pretty big positions. And uh, if when I look at my statistics, the warnings are there. You know what I mean? Like average size bigger than, than much normal. Um, holding of losing trades longer than my average. Like historically, I'm talking multi-month average. Yeah. Um, having drawdown, starting in a drawdown, the last... 12 sessions before Monday, I was I started down eight out of the 12. So it's like, there's things slapping me in the face here saying like, what are you doing? And you know, I got in trouble. I sized up, I lost, sized up, I lost, sized up more. And then by the time I kind of caught myself, it was it was just a really nasty week as a whole. Yeah. So I, I look at this and, and I tell myself, hey, look, I'm teaching people how not to do this at Trade Pro Academy and I've done it myself. And one way it's like, it's disappointing to me personally. I've been in the game a long time, but another way it's like, look, this is human and like, Mm-hmm. Even if I'm in the industry this long and I run into the probability of this happening, I should have caught it, should have nipped it in the bud before it happened. But the fact that I was liable to this, it kind of gave me the opportunity to be like, look, talk to people about this because the, the perception out there is when you become a great trader, you, you don't- You always win. You don't no longer do stupid stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I'm human and the human animal is a stupid animal. I mean- Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's not about removing stupidity. It's about embracing it and catching it early. So that that's kind of how, you know, this is a great time to be doing this podcast because I want to be open about it. Like you guys say, look, it is a risky business. And no matter how long you do it, you have those moments. And I think the biggest thing that I did then was decide to stop digging myself a hole. I threw the shovel away. And you look at minus 30,000 uh, this week, like my son was sick. I was getting two and a half hours of sleep. Uh, I also wasn't going to the gym. Like I, I missed my two uh, sessions with my personal trainer. I was eating crap. Like there was everything there telling me that I shouldn't be trading in big size. It's a performance sport. If you're not feeling well, you shouldn't be playing the, the top line and taking these risky plays, you know? Right. And I did it. And I did it. And I learned my lesson. I look back. It's like, hey, if I actually would have made money this week, it would have been bad. Mm-hmm. Because then I would have lost even more of the following week. So I love that the market keeps you honest. So I look at this and this week and all I'm working on is... Okay, the $30,000 is gone. I'm not going to dwell over that. I've lost more than that before <laughs> on a single day. Yeah, right. I've done well as well in the past. So it's like, put that aside and now use this as an opportunity to fix the true causes of what happened. Yeah. You know, and this is why it's exciting. It's an opportunity for me to constantly improve. So yeah, that, that's kind of my week. It was a horrible week while it was happening. But in retrospect, it was a thankful week for keeping me honest in, in this business. Well, hey, uh, I was right there with you buying those AMC calls. Like, I think they were quotes and numbers I bought. I picked up a few when they were $3.50, and then they went down to $2.50. I picked up a few the next day. I was already breaking my own rules of buying at same week expiry, not lotto style. Like, oh, it's Friday. They expire today. Let me, let me try the lotto ticket. No, I mean, I was buying them, and I knew when I, when I made that first purchase there was a voice in the back of my head was like oh get them for next week yeah and i said no i don't want them for next week because those are too expensive 
I want to get the cheaper ones. I trust it to do, to move this week. And then, and then when it came, when it went down, I forgot all about that inner dialogue and then made a new decision of it's still going to go big. So I'll put more in, not, Oh, they expire this week. This is risky. I'm already in too much, too much risk. You know, mm. I didn't. And then I broke the rules. Like when, you know, when it hit the 2% of my portfolio of losses, I didn't sell them. I doubled down, you know, uh, uh, yeah. I, and, and, and I had this voice in the back of my head aware that like, Dan, you know how to trade better. You know how to trade better. And I just kept ignoring it over and over again. And, and, and it's just like a, I, for, for me, like it really resonates when you're like, yeah, I'm human. I've got all this, you know, I've got human psychology I have to deal with. Uh, we all have our own demons and battles. And, and part of what I didn't expect to happen when, when we started this show and started stock trading was how much self-reflection and psychology and self-improvement I have to go through that have nothing to do with stocks or options or futures or any of that. It's just all life stuff that I have to conquer to be successful. Uh, at trading, um, it was really, really big stuff. Yeah. Like, and and as, as people, we're never done with that backsliding in the old exactly. bad habits. Easiest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really gold. What you said there, Dan. It's like personal development isn't a one and done approach. It's like you got to constantly do it. It's like mm-hmm. it's sort of like your car. You fill up your gas tank once. You don't expect to drive, you know, sixty thousand miles <laughs> forever. It's like oh. <laughs> Yeah, I filled up my gas tank. Yay, and I'm going to keep driving until I need a brake job. No, it doesn't work like that. You got to fill it up (laughs) regularly. And I think you have a the human being has a tank. Mm -hmm. If it gets ignored, you're going to run on E. Eventually, you're going to lose control and crash. And I think you got to constantly replenish. But it's like, it's mind boggling to me after trading from 2001. Like, you know, I can't believe how fast that time passed. But 20 years, Dan, this is all I've ever known. (laughs) And and I I still fall to this this thing. I, I fall victim to it. You know, right. and even when there's opportunities for me to change, I still get these days that happen and there's like an enormous loss. It's like, what, what the hell was I, who was trading? I, it didn't feel like it was me. And that's usually a sign <laughs> you need personal development. And I've been ignoring it. Yeah, yeah. Can I give you an yeah. analogy? Yeah. It's, it's like your best friend in your backyard sawing off their leg for no good reason. Like, it's not like the movie where they were stuck in a rock and they had that, right, you know, right. life or death. They're just cross-legged sitting in your backyard, like sawing off their leg. And you go up to them. And you're like, dude, what the heck are you doing? And you know what he tells you? He's like, just give me a bigger saw. I got to get this done faster. It's like, I don't <laughs> it's like, this is how the human psychology is for some reason. Yeah. Once you anchor to something and yeah. a belief, you're going to continue to do things to serve that belief. Like for you, your, your second addition to that position wasn't a logical one. It was, let me just get the hell out of my first one. You know what I mean? It's like spending good money after bad. And I know mm-hmm. how that goes. I had the same week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Give me a bigger saw. Give me the chainsaw. Damn it. Don't help me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, now's the time that we, we talk about upcoming earnings. Usually Kyle's the one with the, the earnings list. Let's see if I can pull one up here. All right. I got, I got one. Can I do the earnings segment? Yes. Go to financeyahoo.com and pull up the calendar. <laughs> Hold on, we got a little, we got a little tune for it. My motto's always been when I'm right, it's right. So I'll wait and watch the charts and the change in price. When the movement's mostly finished at the end of the day, and we know the coming earnings gonna move it my way. Sky rockets in sight. Earnings call to light. 
Yeah, so finance.yahoo.com has a nice earnings calendar. Um, a lot of places have an earnings calendar. Uh, I don't. Is there a big names reporting though? There's an, I'm looking at one. Uh, I guess CrowdStrike Holdings is coming up. Uh, Smith and Wesson Brands. Hey, you know, gun companies always do well under a wow. Democratic president. I should take a shot at it. Yeah, <laughs> boom. But I'm bump. Uh, yeah, Smith and Wesson <laughs> on the first. Bad joke. Chewy Incorporated, Ryan Cohen's old company. I don't know if he's still on the board there or not. Probably. They're they're post market on the the first. Campbell's Soup is on the first. Everybody's eating soup. No, I don't know. That wouldn't <laughs> normally be one I'd mention. Uh, <laughs> got Hormel Foods on the second. Uh, you know, Kyle did say that he updated his notes, but when I went on the Google Drive, it was all for last week. So. Kyle, when you're listening, the reason I didn't read your earnings is I couldn't find them. Kyle, we butchered the earnings segment for the show. We're, we're admitting to it. But I, I will tell you this. It's a good thing because you told me not to F it up and not to do too great. Yeah. And I thought I was going on the territory of doing too great there. So this is this is good. You got what you wanted, yeah, Kyle. We coordinated this ahead of time, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this, this was planned. Of course, right? <laughs> All right. Um, let's bomb the earnings segment. <laughs> let's bomb the earnings segment. Uh, we are we are running a little long, but that's that's per usual. I'm gonna have to cut this down to a tight hour. But uh, I would be remiss if I, we didn't take a moment to talk about cryptocurrencies and maybe get some levels for Bitcoin and Ethereum. Oh, uh, so we're gonna yeah, have let's to do it. Um, all right, let's do it. Of cryptocurrency. I know you're greedy. I know you need. You need that Bitcoin, either NFT. Cult of cryptocurrency. You hit that high note pretty good. Good job. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The recording tunes for this show has made me flex out of my vocal comfort zone so much. Because uh, <laughs> I'm a baritone singer, well, and I don't usually go for those high notes, but uh, every now and then I can get it. Venturing out into unknown. That's right. That's right. Um, let's see. How is Ethereum doing? I know Bitcoin's the big daddy, but uh, I think Ethereum's the long-term runner that's gonna gonna really be the the king in a while. Yeah, they're pretty well correlated. Ethereum and Bitcoin, their uh, their correlation factor is pretty close. So uh, they tend to move lockstep, basically. But um, Ethereum's got some pretty big resistance here, Dan, coming up. Well, not quite yet, but uh, you know, there's some point of controls here, some spikes and some gaps in Ethereum. Uh, right around thirty five sixty or so is a good, it's like an up there target. Some resistance starting at thirty four seventy ish, up to thirty five fifty see that as a good distribution area but on a pullback for some good support levels you know which ones i really like um 30 43 and then if you if you get a pullback 29 that would be ideal but i i don't know if it's going to happen are you just looking over the the last few months you know these yeah i'm actually looking at it on a one hour chart i'm just uh trending this up move that you know uh, happened from below 2000 it was like 1700 or so this up move has been pretty impressive 
Uh, and I, what I do is I look at it on an hourly chart, volume profiles, I look at point of controls, like consolidation areas, and uh, look for the levels there. You know, uh, I was looking at Ethereum last December, like when it was like 700, and I was like, I'm going to wait for the pullback. And then it's never been that low ever since. Yeah, the pullbacks are elusive on crypto. You know, when it was trading at 60K on Bitcoin, like 60, 61, I was saying, I'm going to wait for 32,000. People <laughs> thought I was nuts. You're right. <laughs> like 32,000. What the hell is wrong with you? And it got there and it stood there for a while. And I never really got in. I don't know. I kind of missed the boat on it again. And I certainly don't want to get in now, even though knowing like crypto is an asset, once it starts going, it doesn't really give you pullbacks, you know, not, not yeah. sizable ones that I like. So I'm on the sideline watching it. Yeah, me, me too. Me too. Um, I just think Ethereum's got to stay in power. Uh, we did just find out, uh, Kyle found a website. We can create our own cryptocurrency. So we are in, uh, we started talks. We are anticipating a launch of that someday. And that'll probably make me invest in more cryptocurrencies, having, having our own China shop. Oh my God. I got so many different cryptocurrency ideas. It's wild. <laughs> a lot of them are inappropriate, but hey. <laughs> good i'm all for it i love inappropriate no you want to hear some of them yeah i do i really do um i was thinking about shitcoin and this one would be a way to collateralize toilet paper production across the world oh my god yes then i was thinking the yeah the online adult industry needs a little bit of improvement and then i thought of Clickcoin. Clickcoin. Um, oh my god yeah, we flip need coin for gambling <laughs> <laughs> You might have to edit this part out. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've said uh, some really, really horrific shit on this show before. Uh, <laughs> I've heard it. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about the bullish coin because uh, it looks like bullshit. Oh, bull coin. <laughs> yeah. Bull coin. Nice. Yeah. Back to Bitcoin. Some levels I see here. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Bitcoin. On Bitcoin. Yeah. I like 57K to the upside on Bitcoin. There's a lot of resistance there. For like a target and then the pickup on the way down i've been watching is 44 mm -hmm. but I, that's already kind of played out um i would love if it went down to 42 but i don't i think that's where i'll probably do my first long position in bitcoin and if it doesn't get down there i'm not i'm not going to chase it but those are two levels i'm watching 44 and 42 could be uh two very interesting levels for a run up to 57 that's what the chart's telling me i don't know yeah yeah bitcoin's a mystery to me the only Oh, God, I don't, I'm not even going to mention it because I can't remember the name. Anyway, uh, now's the time in the episode when we like to slap iron. Um, I don't know if you're a big Western fan up in Canada, if you even know who Clint Eastwood is. Uh, we know Clint Eastwood, but yeah. I didn't get that reference. That that that's the theme to the the movie The Good, the Bad and the Ugly. So Oh we wrap up the show talking about our own good, bad and ugly for the week. Uh my good you start. my good was absolutely one hundred percent putting in my notice on Monday that uh that Congrats. I'm not I'm not working a nine to five. I'm taking a new job as a trade pro working for myself. Uh, that was hands down like, it, good, good for me. And the sense of relief of the pressure from all the work stress just melted away. And I think people with work can tell that I'm like totally, uh, I'm zoned out. Like I'm not, I'm not trying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats on the transition. That, that's awesome. Very proud of you and happy for you. More, more important. 
Uh, what, what was uh, what was your good for the week? I think I think I've got an idea of what I would say it was based on what we've talked about today. But I want to hear hear what your idea is. Uh, I have a few goods. One good is being on the show and getting a chance to co-host. So thank you. The other good is hearing the news that you're leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the best good for me is actually the loss that I took this week. I'm, I'm looking this as a good thing. It gives mm-hmm. me a chance to improve. Volatility is coming into the market. Um, so, you know, it, it's keeping me prepared and this needed to happen. So I see it as a positive. I'm very excited about coming back stronger and better post this little slip up. For sure. Um, you know, the bat. Yeah. I'm, hey, I'm over it. I'm ready to, to do better. Well, I was just going to say, like, uh, uh, the fact that you stopped, that you hit that point where you're like, oh, wow, I'm in a, I'm in a behavior pattern that is very bad. Like, I think that's a, being able to, like, recognize that and, and even get yourself to the space where you're like, oh, this is what I need to do. That's, a, that's an amazing thing that a lot of, a lot of, I know myself didn't start doing until, the, you know, this past year. Yeah, it's hard to learn that. And that's something you don't even think you would ever need to learn, right? But, but here we are. Uh, yeah, that was my good. My bad is, you know, more of a personal thing. It's just I've been sort of a lot of other stuff in my life are, are preventing me from being at optimal performance. Got a bit of a cold. I don't know if you could tell. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not COVID, but thankfully. Thankfully. And the life situation at home is a bit tough. We, we lost our babysitter, so we're looking for some help. My wife and I both are entrepreneurs, so it's been kind of hectic. Yeah. And um, the ugly. Oh, Nothing's yeah. really ugly. Nothing's really ugly. Well, that, that is an acceptable no. answer. Um, I know my, uh, <laughs> my, my bad was uh, making, buying calls that expire five days away, and it wasn't a day trade, <laughs> and holding them overnight. And my ugly was buying more of them twice. Uh, that <laughs> That's an acceptable answer. <laughs> yeah yeah that was really ugly and it's ugly because i know better i was violating the own my own principles my own i wasn't like you said i wasn't following the process i was i was looking for profit and if i'd been following yeah. the process i would be in a lot better shape can i flip that to a good though because the good about that is that's probably the the best way to end your trading career while being a full-time employee as well mm-hmm. it's like look if you needed a reminder of what not to do, this is it. And it's fresh in your mind, you know? So that, I see that as good, honestly, as long as, you know, we take the learnings, apply them, move forward. Next time we do this podcast, hope. Yeah, that's exactly why we do the good, the bad, and the ugly is by admitting the ugly thing, we can turn it into a future good. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, shop fans. It's the moment you've been waiting, waiting for. We're going to make a new bet. That's right. Since I lost, I got to go first, and I, <laughs> I'm i going to pick AMC. And I know that I just lost a bunch of money on those calls with AMC, but uh, I, think, I think at the very least next week, it's going to see if it can break the $48 resistance. Uh, so I will say I'm going to buy it at open on Monday, 
and uh, I'm gonna if it hits forty eight, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sell half, and uh, with you know and with a standard, uh, I'm just gonna do a fifty cent stop loss. Once it hits forty eight, I'll kick in the sell and do the stop loss. Otherwise, if it gets down to thirty eight, I'm gonna sell out, and that'll be my bet. AMC thirty eight below, sell half at forty eight above. That's awesome, and not not load up on on the loss. Yeah, um, I got to I got to do one for Kyle, right? Yeah. All right, Kyle. Here we go. So, for on behalf of Kyle, I'm going to say short hack on the open on Monday, <laughs> and ride it down until sixty three twenty eight, and then reverse that to a long position. Wow, is that you know what's funny is that's the exact kind of bet. Kyle would would throw out there. It's like, well, I got into Kyle mentality. Yeah, you totally did. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, I'll short it and it gets down here, and then I'll buy. It. Yeah, Kyle's always looking for multiple multiple steps. Um, do you have a stop limit for like if it opens and you short it and it goes up? Since this is Kyle's money, I'm doing it with. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> We're gonna say a hard no. We're gonna just short without a stop. And then maybe this is going to be his ugly in, in a few. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I got to put a stop on. I I shivered when I said that. See, cover the short at 65.28. Okay. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. And then now I, I have to find a random stock with my slow-ass internet. Are you fucking kidding me? No way. It loaded Bitcoin? That's not a stock. Hey, we did talk about it. We did. It is <laughs> random. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? There we go. There we go. Random is doing Bitcoin. I love it. I've never done that before. Long Bitcoin? Um, yeah, yeah. We, we normally roll some dice. Kyle's got some website. Uh, but I loaded up GitHub, some, some things somebody's got on GitHub, and it seems to be working. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's long Bitcoin. All right. Random is long Bitcoin. and. Uh, this is it. Disastrous. It might set us up for a big, big, big loss for the month of September. Okay. All right, folks. So stay tuned next week. We'll Happy I could help. Get those. Uh, we'll have those bet results. It is. It is time to close up the shop. Sadly, we got to kick everybody out. And you got to go home. You, well, okay. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we'll be back <laughs> at you soon with that month in review. And uh, until then, happy trades, folks. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me on. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.